James, you are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. Chris, you are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. Cynthia, you are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. All of you, you are God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. Rachel Eleven says, baptism is about being named. I think it's about a becoming. When Jesus emerged from the waters of the Jordan, a voice from heaven declared, this is my son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. I remember my own baptism. I wanted to sing in the junior choir. I was five, and I had been pestering my mother for about six months to let me get baptized. See, in my old church, you had to be baptized and had to be a member before you could be involved in ministry. Thank God we don't do that here. (laughs) So finally, finally she said, okay, when you turn six, you can become baptized. So for Sunday after I turned six, down the center aisle I went. I ran up to the center aisle and I sat down in one of the chairs that one of the deacons was holding as the pastor was opening the doors of the church. Okay, for those of you who didn't go up as black Southern Baptists, <laughs> that means that they were welcoming you to be invited and in, to become a member of the congregation. Well, Reverend Jenkins, after they had finished singing the invitational hymn, came down from the pulpit And he came in front of me and he said, well, what is it that you would like? Now, I'd been there five years, so I knew what the answer was supposed to be. It wasn't, I want him to sing in the choir. No, it was, I want to be baptized and accept Jesus into my heart. I'd been listening. So, what I knew was true is that I had to do this in order to become a participant in the congregation. Okay, I see your looks. Don't judge me. I was six. (laughs) I remember coming to church that first Sunday evening in January. My mother and Sister Young were upstairs with me, and they helped me change into the little white baptismal robe. I remember walking around to the back to the stairs up to the baptistry. I could hear the congregation singing Wade in the Water. There was Reverend Jenkins standing in the baptistry, wearing his baptismal robe and his fishing waders. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Brother Brother O'Neill Young was also standing with him. As I came down the steps into that warm water, I began to listen to the story that I had heard many, many times before. The story of John and Jesus at the Jordan. Then that moment came when he said, In the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, I baptized you, and I was immersed under that warm water. 
When I came back up spitting and sputtering, there was my mother at the top of the stairs as they kind of pushed, carried me out of the baptistry. My mother grabbed me with the towels and started to dry me off. I remember hearing the congregation clapping and, and cheering. I remember getting dressed and coming back into the worship space. And then Reverend Jenkins came by and he gave me the right hand of fellowship. For those of you who didn't grow up black, Southern Baptist, <laughs> that means that now I was officially a part of the church. I didn't feel any different. But what I knew is I could sing in the choir. <laughs> so in baptism, we are identified as beloved children of God. We're acknowledging our adoption into the sprawling, beautiful, dysfunctional family of the church. And we celebrate it with those who happen to be there with us. Rachel says, the good news is you become the beloved child of God. The not so good news is you don't get to choose your siblings. Some of them are six and just want to sing. Jesus has this odd habit of allowing ordinary, screwed-up people to introduce him to us. Because it's also those ordinary, screwed-up people who first tell us we are beloved children of God. And it's also those first people who call us Christians. In the ritual of baptism, our ancestors acted out the bizarre truth of the Christian identity, Rachel says, which is this. We are people who stand totally exposed before evil and death and declare them powerless against love. That sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? I agree with her that that's not normal. That's anything but normal. Some 2,000 years ago, before sunrise on Easter Sundays, and flickering lamplight would illuminate converts to Christianity who would be kneeling stark naked in the water. And one by one, the men separated from the women, each would publicly affirm their beliefs and renounce evil before being submerged three times in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in some of the oldest baptismal rites, in addition to proclaiming God's power over Satan, you would also be proclaiming God's power over death. And as strange it may seem now, many of the first baptismal fonts were in the shape of coffins so that we could recall Christ's triumph over the grave. A convert's descent into the waters represented a surrender, a death. And as you emerged, it represented a resurrection, the ability to start over again. That's what Paul was saying to the Romans when he wrote, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of God, we too may live a new life. I like how Cyril of Jerusalem uh, 
talked about newly baptized people. He said, by this action, you both died and you were born. And for you, the saving water was at once a grave and the womb of a mother. I just love that imagery. Martin Luther said about the baptized that as you are baptized, you die to your old sinful self and to all demons. And as you arise, you take on a new life. But know that those demons are really good swimmers. <laughs> he did. I <laughs> Rachel also shared in the book a, a story about a young man named Andrew. He was about 19, 20 years old. He had been following her on her blog, and he reached out to her and said, will you come to my baptism? Now, she lived about 300 miles away from him, and she wondered why in the world would he want her to come to his baptism? Well, what she learned from him was that he told her that he grew up as a PK, a, a preacher's kid. His father happened to be an evangelical preacher. So he was a, an evangelical preacher's kid. And he had asked to be baptized numerous times. But his father told him, you are not evidencing enough of the fruit of the Spirit. So you cannot be baptized just yet. Fast forward to his freshman year, he was sharing that um, he went home for Thanksgiving he had began to notice around the time that he was 14, 15, that as his uh, friends began to notice girls, he began to notice boys. So when he came home the first time from Thanksgiving, he came out. That didn't go so well. His father kicked him out of the house. They refused to help him with any more of his college. And to add insult to injury, his father wrote an article, scathing article, about homosexuality and the damnation of those who practice it. He had lost his church home. He had lost his family home. He was out by himself. But he finally found a little community that accepted him just as he was. So he was excited that Finally, finally, he could be baptized. What Rachel realized from Andrew asking her to come to his baptism was that she was some of the only family that he claimed as his own, that, who loved him just as he was. You know, sometimes the church has to be a refuge for the refugees that they, it creates. Andrew said, I put off baptism because I felt like I was in a state of sin. Like I wasn't good enough or fit enough to be baptized. But then I realized that baptism is done at the beginning of your faith journey, not the middle or the end. You don't have to have everything together to be baptized. I just had to grasp onto God's grace, he said. God's grace is enough. For Andrew, baptism declares that God is in the business of bringing dead things back to life. So if you want to go into the God business, 
You better be prepared to follow God to all the rock-bottom, scorched earth, dead-on-arrival corners of the world and the ones that are sometimes residing in your heart because that is where God works. I believe that is where God gardens. We all have some dead things in our lives that need a little gardening, don't we? Our demons, those little voices that are inside of us that desperately hang on and have attached themselves to us like leeches, love to tell us that we're hated, that we should fear, that we live in greed, that our jealousy is okay, that our sense of worth should be nil. At times it's difficult to shake these voices. And those demons, they battle moment by moment, day by day. But God is in charge because God lays God's identity upon us. And God says, you belong to me, no matter how much they tell you, you belong to them. For God calls the baptized beloved. Our demons call us addict, slut, fat, worthless, faker, screw up. Where God calls us beloved child, our demons beckon us to chase money, become powerful, pretend to be pretty and important, and to cause ourselves harm. It's no coincidence that when Satan tempted Jesus right after his baptism, he began his entreaty with, if you are the Son of God. As if to get Jesus to question his own identity in God. I believe we all long for someone to tell us who we are. I believe we all long to belong. And I believe the greatest struggle of the Christian life is for us to take on God's name for ourselves. To believe that we are beloved. To believe that that is enough. Whether these voices, these demons come from within us or outside of us, whether they represent distinct people in our lives or the systems that compete for our allegiance, they seek to possess us, to rename us. All too often, rather than casting them out of our lives, we invite them into our churches. We tend to invite them to leave Sunday school and youth union. We tend to invite them to lead women's auxiliaries and men's choruses, and sometimes we even call them to pastor. Then they set about telling us that we'll be children of God when. When we beat the addiction, you can be a child of God. When you sign the doctrinal statement, you can be a child of God. When you help with the children's ministry, when you get your act together. When you tithe, when you play by the rules, when you no longer doubt, you can be a child of God. When you get married, you can be a child of God. When you're the right kind of straight, you can be married. When you are religious enough, you can be married. Or simply when you're good, then you can become a child of God. Rachel says, but remember this, 
In baptism, the Christian stands naked and unashamed before all of those demons, all of those impulses and temptations, omissions and failures, empty sales pitches and screwed labels, and can say, I am a beloved child of God, and I renounce anything and anybody who has some, anything to say about that. <laughs> We need to say that to ourselves a little more often. We need to say it when we remember our baptism. Or perhaps each moment when we splash water on our face. Or when we take a shower, we need to tell ourselves, I am a beloved child of God. Baptism reminds us that there's no ladder of holiness that you have to climb. No self-improvement plan you have to follow. Baptism is just death and resurrection. Over and over and over again. Day after day, God reaches down into our deepest graves and with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, God rescues us. So as we enter Holy Week, as we walk the way with Jesus this week, I am reminded that it all began with a baptism. Jesus did not begin to be loved when he was baptized. He didn't stop being loved when his baptism was a mere memory. Baptism simply named the reality of his existing and un ending belovedness. Nadia Boltzweber says, identity. That is always God's first move. And I believe that that is true for us. We must claim our identity. You are my beloved, God says, in whom I am well pleased. I'll begin with me. I, Vicki, am God's beloved in whom God is well pleased. Will you join me? I am a God in whom God is well pleased. Amen. 